everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy 12 days of the comic source. We're continuing to count down to Christmas, celebrating Bad Idea and their amazing books, stories, and talented creators. Today, we're going to be talking about Tankers, which was the second series release, three-issue series from Bad Idea. Uh, there was a, another, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a sequel. I haven't read it, so it's hard to say, but it's called uh, Mission Go, a Tanker Story, uh, given away at New York Comic Con this year. There are some copies on eBay. They are very expensive. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to uh, to check it out yet. So we're just going to talk about the first three issues of the series that were uh, released in 2021, written by Robert Venditti. Absolutely amazing visceral art from Juan Jose Rip. If you aren't familiar with his art, uh, you're in for a treat. Uh, if you check this book out, if you are familiar with his art, you know just the amazing detail and what have you that's in there. Uh, Jorge Malongo handles the letters. Uh, or sorry, Dave Sharp handles the letters. Andrew Dollhouse on colors. Um, Rocky. Yes. This. What? <laughs> yeah. Give us your th- like you okay. you you do the recap. You tell the listeners. Give them the elevator pitch. What Tankers is about and and what you thought of the series. Well, you know what? In the not-so-distant future, in fact, you could almost say it's practically our present, uh, you know, we're running out of oil. Uh, you never know. I mean, it's, it's, we've reached that terminal point where we're out of oil. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we're out of, we need more coal. And, and damn it, if only more dino- if, if, if only, uh, if only the more dinosaurs had died or if, they, if only history had been a little bit different, uh, and uh, if dinosaurs could have lived a little bit longer than they did because they were wiped out 65 million years ago, wouldn't it be better if they were just wiped out maybe 20 or 30 million years ago because they would have gotten an extra 30 million years to live and the more corpses, more of them would have died and more of them would have become, you know, more of them would have become fossils and we'd have more fossil fuel. So that, that's the makings of a master plan. Go back in time. Save the lives of the dinosaurs by deflecting the comet that would have destroyed them. But bring the comet back 30 million years later. Kill all the dinosaurs then. And then conveniently have more fossil fuels for us in the present. I mean, what could go wrong with a master plan like that? And uh, <laughs> that's the premise of tankers. And boy, oh boy, is it a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, man, to me, it's like, it's like, it's like humans and transformers on steroids uh, with a lot more blood, blood, guts, and gore, man. It's, it, it, this is an adrenaline rush and only three issues long, but oh man, just ripe for development and potential moving forward. So I, I, man, I, it, it's a, it's just an adrenaline rush of three issues. So there's my pitch. <laughs> yeah. It's nonstop action. And uh, yeah, as, as Rocky mentioned, you know, the first issue we meet Smythe, he's, um, the owner of this oil company. And yeah, he, he says, too bad the dinosaurs died when they did. Too bad they didn't, you know, live a little while longer. Uh, you know, and, he, and he's presenting this to his board of directors. And, you know, and it's funny, it's green leaf oil, right? They're trying to put a kind of a, an environmental spin, but it's it's oil. And uh, again, the Juan Jose Reap art is actually uh, amazing. And his board just looks at him like he's crazy when he talks about this, you know, Um if only the dinosaurs could have died tens of millions of years later. And yeah, his board's like, how long is it going to take to do this? He's like, ah, oh, we've already done it. Here's Dr. Emerson. He's going to explain everything. And they send these uh, Marines off into the past um, or, or they're, they're like Marines. They're the Greenleaf oil security force and what have you. And they're very gun ho and they all have call signs and what have you. Uh, but what really sells it uh, is 
the over the top dialogue that Robert Venditti gives us, right? Like it's so clear. It's so clear to anybody who's reading this that this idea is just this. There's no way this works, right? There's too many variables. We've all seen, uh, you know, time travel movies and how things go sideways. You step on a butterfly, you know, the whole idea of the butterfly effect and it changes everything. So why these guys think this is going to work is just, you know, absolutely beyond me. But that doesn't stop it from being wild and fun and what have you. So sure enough, they go back, uh, they kill a bunch of dinosaurs, they, they make a safe zone. They set up their uh, particle beam. They deflect the the comet, and then they go back home. They go back through the portal, the time portal. They go back home, and of, of course, when they get back, and again, you have to take out the grain of salt. It doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. The only real civilization left is Texas, and there's like a wall around it. Everything else is wild, and these dinosaurs have evolved, and they're even more dangerous than when they left. <laughs> what? Like, how do they have technology if t- only Texas survived? Like, you can't think about it too much. Uh, cause it kind of f- falls apart, but, but it's fun. Right. And so, you know, they battle their way back into, to, you know, the state of Texas as it were the safe haven. They meet up with Smy, who's now the president cause only Texas has survived and, you know, very gun ho for Texas. And, uh, at that point they're told, okay, we have another mission for you. What we're going to do is we're going to have you go back and you're going to kill your, your, the older versions of yourselves that first time traveled. And then you're going to deflect the meteor in the right way, uh, and then everything will be will be fine, right? And so, and I'm I'm really uh, I'm really recapping this in the most vague, generic fashion because unlike Eniac, this is one of those um, all-out action stories. There's not a lot that's kind of below the surface in terms of theme or whatever. It's just a lot of fun because it is so bloody and gory. So I want you to be able to read it and experience it for yourself. The funny one-liners, the banter back and forth between the soldiers. Yeah. The, uh, it's, green... it's like it's like Starship Troopers meets Jurassic Park. Yeah. Because you, know, you have exactly. the banter of Starship Troopers with the over-the-top sort of humor and, and craziness, the insanity of it, and just these giant dinosaurs, just amazing art. Just it's just a, a, a just it's just it's a fun, fun, fun comic book. And in another uh, incredible coincidence, again, don't think too hard about it. Just as the the tankers make their way back, make their way inside the safe haven that is the state of Texas, uh, the dinosaurs figure out a way to get through their defenses. They attack. The tankers barely make it back through the time portal to go and kill their you know previous selves and deflect the meteor the proper way. Uh, but unfortunately, in the haste to get through the time portal – the scientist, Dr. Emerson, who's, who kept telling Houston, the uh, leader of the tankers, I need more time to calibrate, I need more time to calibrate. He didn't have enough time to calibrate, and they actually show up too late, too late to actually stop their uh, their past selves. Their past selves have already come, deflected the comet, and left. Um, and so, and the time portal's destroyed in the process of them escaping. So they're stranded in the past uh, and with no way to have the comet properly return and destroy the dinosaurs. So what do they decide to do? Well, you know, we've got millions of years and we have this genius here who can probably figure out a way to fashion us weapons. Uh, we're just going to start killing, uh, killing off dinosaurs so that they don't evolve to become the super uh, evolved species of dinosaurs that are super dangerous in the future. So like Rocky said, it's so rife with potential for more story. Uh, and as I said, there is the New York comic-con um, exclusive from earlier this year, uh, tanker story. So I'm sure Robert Venditti has more ideas. Uh, it would be great to re- go back and revisit, but it is sort of one of the 
I don't want to say drawbacks, but it's it's just sort of one of the things that's sort of baked into bad idea. It's a very small team, right? They have like five people on staff, and then they have their uh, their creators who are obviously freelance. So, and they want to keep the quality way way up, and they want to you know be able to do really cool things with their promotions, what have you. So this isn't a situation where they're ever going to have like DC did last week. 17 books come out in one week, right? Like one book, like one book. That's the most they've, they have, uh, that they'll ever put out going forward uh, in a week, maybe two. Um, but with that being said, it's like, you don't have time to just be churning out titles and, and what have you. And they, they have a lot of material actually already built up um, that they still need to publish and trying to figure out schedules and what have you. So I say all that to say, I don't know when Venditti will be able to get back to this. Um, but I'm sure he has, as I said, ideas uh, going forward because more than anything, it's fun. It's wild. The art and the colors, the art, the line work from Juan Jose Rip is just amazing. If you've ever seen his art, this is some of the most dynamic and detailed art he's ever done. And then the colors by Andrew Dahlhaus really, really sell it. Um, you know, their, their primary colors are very bright. They jump off the page, which helps to sell that idea of this being like a complete over the top. Uh, story and it, you know as fun as it is and as kind of darkly humorous as it is with this crazy idea that Greenleaf Oil Executive has there's some satire to it right like you know it's a bad idea it's Greenleaf Oil I mean just that name uh, they're not environmentally friendly but they you know they're saying they are by calling themselves Greenleaf and what have you and this idea is just so ludicrous and really it leans into it 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 takes itself the characters in the book whether it's the tankers or the oil executives or the oil executive uh, board members or what have you, there's a, a character that's on the board in the first issue, Jennifer. She's got a, another version of herself when they go back and the world has changed. They all take themselves so seriously. They they are gun-ho, and that just adds to the joy uh, of the series. So uh, there are laugh-out-loud moments. There's tons of action. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, Rocky, that in terms of pure enjoyment, I think I like this better than ENIAC. Well, uh, th- it does have a- an entertainment factor that rivals ENIAC. ENIAC, I think, had some strong moral themes there. It was very thought-provoking. If you let yourself really get into uh, the, you know, into the AI, artificial intelligence idea. But there- there's a fun factor here, and I know I, you know, w- the artist here, Juan Jose Rip, uh, is is a is a talent of in and of himself, but for. Because uh, for those people out there who might be like me and, and don't have access to as much big uh, bad idea comics, if you if you do have access, unlike me, take advantage of this. Especially if you're a fan of Daniel Warren Johnson and his work on Transformers or Wonder Woman Dead Earth or anything or uh, uh, you know do a power bomb. Uh, th- there's something visceral and fun and graphic about this art that you could literally. What I really love about this is that. You, you don't need dialogue. You didn't even need the dialogue. You could just literally watch these. Just look at the pages. The pages alone tell you the story because it's kind of easy to figure out what's going on. These are guys that are going through a portal and they're killing dinosaurs. That's pretty much the entire three issues interspersed with the other little bit of dialogue to sort of maybe tell you what's going on. But you can kind of figure it out. It's not rocket science. It's just plain fun. And it's like going to a popcorn popcorn movie. And let's face it, you know, uh, some of those popcorn movies, uh, they, they might not have sophisticated plots, but they make a billion dollars for a reason. And uh, 
this is definitely a comic that deserves, I, I think, more attention than maybe the sophistication of the plot line would suggest. But it's a lot of fun because, uh, and this is what comic books are about. And, uh, you know, again, I just, uh, you know, uh, for a bad idea, this is a real good comic. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about a billion dollars. Um, again, I mentioned how small bad idea is as a company in terms of like employees and what have you. But I think it would be a, maybe not a billion dollar idea, but a million dollar idea to do a line of tankers toys. You mentioned that before we started recording. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard to get a toy line off the ground, uh, especially if people aren't familiar with the property. But, you know, give Todd McFarlane a call because he's in terms of the, the dinosaurs, you, you know, you could do the dinosaurs as they, you know, actually existed back then, you know, as, as we think they existed, as we think they look. That's in the early part of the book. But then you could also do the futuristic dinosaurs where they're more evolved and what have you. Uh, and, you know, McFarland Toys would be great to put all that detail in there. But even more than that, the tanker mechs where you could have, you know, the, the human-sized <laughs> action figure and that it would go inside the mech. Um, you know, I know a lot of you are, are maybe just listening to the audio only so you don't get a chance to see what these mechs look like. But uh, think of like uh, – we've all seen the movie Aliens, right, with Sigourney Weaver where she gets in that loader – at the end to fight the alien queen. So think about like that, that's sort of the setup, but like dialed up to 11 yeah. with missiles and Gatling guns and, uh, you know, explosives and all kinds of cool uh, stuff that the, the tankers have. Um, and again, with those, you know, cool call signs, we got boom, boom, we got Houston, we got patch, we got Tecumseh, we got diesel. Uh, you know, they're just, they're cool names. They're cool toys over the top. Uh, I, I guess maybe you might have to do a, a more PG rated version if you were to do the toys. Uh, you know, you know. Remember how the remember how the He-Man toys used to come with the little comic? Because uh, what we should say is this: this comic is not you know all ages. There's so many scenes of like gory blood and people getting bitten in half by dinosaurs and and you know a lot of violence. Whatever it is, cartoon violence. It's dinosaurs. And, you know, getting blown up and what have you, but lots of blood, lots of guts, whatever. So, yeah, maybe a G-rated version to, to help sell the toys. Uh, G.I. Joe, this isn't, right? Remember those G.I. Joe cartoons when you're a kid when they're firing, you know, thousands of laser shots and nobody ever gets hit. Nobody ever gets shot. Uh, maybe that would be the most fantastical thing of all. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to see these as toys. Uh, I'll have to mention it to Dinesh the next time I see him. Uh, hey, I reread Tankers. You know, it'd be a cool idea uh, because they do do um, vinyl. That uh, you know, they've done a vinyl TV, they've done a, a vinyl uh, megalith, they've done a vinyl uh, toy of the back of the uh, trunk of the car from um, from the Hero Trade storylines. Yeah. So yeah, it might not be a bad idea. But the thing about those vinyl toys that they've done, they they. You know, they're big and they're large, but there's not a lot of detail in them. If you're going to do one of these tankers, you got to have the detail. Uh, and I know this is not allowed anymore because some kid choked on a missile, I think, from a Battlestar Galactica toy way back in the day. Because when the Battlestar Galactica toys first came out, they had missiles that actually launched off. Then they changed it where they just shot out a little bit and they would get – and I had some of both. Um, but, man, how cool would it be to have the tanker missiles actually, like, fire off? That would be uh, that would be amazing, but uh, yeah, this story is amazing. Again, Bad Idea is such a great publishing company, highest quality production, 
beautiful colors, beautiful covers, good solid, um, you know, cover stock and paper stock. If you're looking for a good example of what bad idea is, Tankers is a great example, right? And, you know, one of the things we didn't necessarily mention when we talked about uh, ENIAC in the first issue was the whole idea behind bad idea is a lot of these guys worked together at Valiant when Valiant came back in 2012. Um, and then through no fault of their own, they were sort of forced out. And, but they decided, hey, we like making comics together. We're, you know, we've become friends. We've become family. We want to continue to make comics together. But we don't just want to get on that grind that we're in with Valiant where we're trying to get into every comic shop and we're trying to make it profitable. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to compete with Marvel and DC. Instead, we're going to take our time. Best idea wins. We're going to put the, you know, best stories together that we can. And we're going to give the writer the space that he needs to tell the story he wants to tell. And if that means 22 pages, great. But if it means 25 or 28 or 30, then, you know, that's what it'll be. Uh, I don't know that we mentioned it yesterday, but any act, the final issue is like almost 40 pages. Uh, and the other thing we're going to do is we're going to give the artists the time they need to, you know, to give their best effort to make the story look as amazing as possible. And, and that's why you have situations where, uh, you know, it, it takes a year or two for some, sometimes for these stories to come out. You hear about them, you hear rumors of, of you know, what they are. Look at Megalith. That's a great example. Luis, uh, Luis LaRosa is putting in his, probably his best work ever. Um, but he's probably going to end up having worked on Megalith for like four years. Uh, but the other thing that bad idea does is because they're not on a schedule, they don't have to turn around and say, Oh, we'll have to release the first issue because we need the revenue. We need the money to come in. Uh, and then you wait three months for the next issue. When you see a bad idea series solicited and released, you know it's going to come out on a monthly basis because it's already done. It's already drawn. It's already finished. So it's another really um, fantastic um, kind of characteristic of what Bad Idea does. Once the first issue comes out, you know you're going to get the rest in a timely fashion and the, uh, just the highest quality. I can't I can't express how amazing these books are. I, I feel compelled to, one, to say one other thing about Tankers here because the concept – in, in in a way, it really is a bad idea that the plot because it's 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 the bad guys. You it's you know the bad guys in Jurassic Park. You know the mean guys in Jurassic Park that wanted to kill all the dinosaurs and the good guys wanted to wanted to preserve them and protect them and on the preserve. No, these are the bad guys. They want to they want to kill all the dinosaurs. They want to wipe them out. They want to. That's what they want to do. And there's they're really there's, and and. They, they think they're the good guys, and I guess they are. They have to wipe out the dinosaurs to kill them so that they can be decomposed and be, eventually become fossil fuels. These are bad guys. These are the bad guys, and yet they're the heroes. And I like that. I love that Robert Venditti is having so much fun with it, and so is obviously Juan Jose Rip is uh, doing a great job on the art. But I really like it. It takes itself seriously. It... Uh, you know, it, it defines its heroism in its own way. It's absolutely over the top. It's it's just it's insanely fun. And um, I just, you know, again, I, I said it before when we were reviewing um, uh, when we were reviewing ENIAC. This, I just wish, you know, uh, I'm, I'm getting more and more angry at my retailer uh, because I treat him so well. He gets so much of my money. Uh, he's really got to get on the bad idea bandwagon. Yeah, again, it's to go back to something else you said about ENIAC, right? I talked about the fact that, yeah, we as humans, we ask, can we do something? Are we capable of doing something? We don't stop to ask, should we? 
That's not a thought in Smythe's head. Is this a good idea? I mean, okay, we're going to have more oil, so we're going to have even more global warming as we burn more fossil fuels and put more carbon dioxide in the air. It's just, like you said, it's such a bad idea. No pun intended. But he doesn't care because, you know, I mean, look at this, look at this behavior, right? Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Consequences be damned. And if something goes wrong, ah, we'll just travel back in time and fix it later. Like, if that's not like the most uh, rich, old, white guy way of doing things, ah, that's somebody else's problem. That's for in the future. And if it becomes my problem, ah, I'll just cheat. I'll just cheat the laws of physics. I'll go back. I'll time travel. I'll fix it uh, again. It's that that dark humor, that satire. This guy just doesn't realize what an absolutely idiotic idea this is. And we're along for the ride and it's a ton of fun. So uh, we appreciate you guys all joining us uh, again as we're celebrating Bad Idea this 12 days counting down to Christmas. Uh, tomorrow's episode will feature Sleigh Bells, which is written by uh, Zev Wells. And if that name sounds familiar, uh, he's currently the writer on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and we've got uh, David LaFuente as the artist. Uh, it's as intimated by the uh, name Sleigh Bells. It's Santa Claus. It's over the top. Uh, Santa Claus firing a machine gun. If you're, if that sounds like something uh, that sounds amazing and fun to you, then be sure you join us tomorrow. So uh, don't forget, everybody, uh, if you're listening to us on the audio only version, head over to YouTube, subscribe to Rocky's channel, Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. He's got a ton of great content on there. It's where we post our video of the DC Spotlight that we do every week, uh, reviewing all the DC books. If you're checking us out on uh, YouTube, we appreciate it. And uh, how amazing is that one Jose Reap art, right? Uh, absolutely amazing. So uh, don't forget, if you don't want to miss out on any of our audio-only content, just go to wherever you get your podcasts, do a search for The Comics Horse and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. So uh, again, we want to wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Catch you later.